Hey, it's Meatball. And Mark. And this is the Rocker Morning Show on demand from 107.7 RKR. This is the best of the Rocker Morning Show with Meatball and Mark. Richard, you're with Mark and Meatball. Okay. Hey, how's it going, Richard? Uh, is this Meatball? Is this Mr. Meat? This is Mark. <laughs> Mark, okay. Yeah. You ever get it confused as, as Meat and Mark Ball? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Last week, I called myself Mark Effect, and um, that is not my last name. <laughs> was, hey, hey! when that alarm goes off at 3 in the morning, sometimes you can tell. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man, you guys are coming to Michigan June 17th, the Fisher Theater in Detroit for the 50th anniversary tour. Uh, welcome, Kansas guitarist Rich Williams. Welcome to the Rocker Morning Show, dude. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. So, Rich, this is amazing, man. 50 years, Kansas still going strong how excited are you for this tour i'm excited for any tour uh but th- there's something a little bit special about the 50 um true there won't be another 50 this is the, the only time that the, the 50 will happen and it's great because the, the the record company put out the album another fork in the road which is a 3d set 3d yeah. set that, sh- that it covers our entire career and so that's what the uh tour is going to do so it's something a little bit different for us and there's a tremendous buzz about this particular tour, so we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. And touching on that, too, with this set list that you said is going to span your entire career, are there going to be any of the kind of like deep cuts or maybe some tracks that you haven't visited in a while that you're going to kind of go back and revisit on the tour? Exactly. There, I mean, awesome. I'm sitting in my guitar room right now, and I'm <laughs> learning, relearning songs I haven't played in over 40 years. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're playing those songs regularly on tour, it's easy, but... When you stop playing them, you know, regularly for 30 years, you're like, I got to relearn this thing. <laughs> well, um, yeah, again, we play a lot of notes. And right. it's hard to remember, you know, the, the intricate from hand positions to tones to all of those things from something you haven't played since 1975. <laughs> yeah, very true. And, and going back to the beginning of Kansas, uh, that was actually, Kansas was a product of two bands in Topeka kind of joining forces and it was your other current uh, founding member, drummer Phil Ehart, that kind of recruited you into the band, wasn't it? Oh, it's, I mean, that is a very broad explanation. Uh, Phil and I played a band in New Orleans. Yeah. Called White Clover. Before that, me and Phil, for first band, was called The Pets. So we played together in high school. Okay, gotcha. Uh, then I went up to play in different bands. He was in different bands. And then there became what is kind of called Kansas One. Right. And I went back to college. And then that sort of work didn't work out. Dave and Phil left that. And we rejo- started White Clover again. And then... We got a, we added a violinist in Robbie Steinhardt. Yeah. And then we added Steve Walsh as vocalist keyboard player. Then we wrote a song called Can I Tell You, which got us a record deal with Don Kirshner. Wow. <laughs> Terry Livgren still had a, another version of Kansas going, but they had stopped. Terry, we've got a record deal. How about joining us? Because Terry had so much great material. Yeah. And that's how the original six wound up recording the first album and, and onward and that is even a very rough sketch it's it's so complicated i don't even know it <laughs> i mean there, you know back then too it's it was a lot grungier than it is today uh it was it to get a record deal like that especially you know coming right out of the gate landing a record deal and then you guys really just taking off um and i think that's the thing that kind of makes kansas so special how your music, you know, to today continues to thrive and stay relevant past 50 years. Um, and we see Kansas in movies and shows like South Park and Supernatural. 
How crucial is it for your band to have these iconic songs featured in these shows? Supernatural has been tremendous for us. That's great. You you have 15 years of 10-year-old kids, 15-year-old kids that started watching that. They're now, you know, in their 30s. Yeah. And they became Kansas fans because of Supernatural. And so that has added yet another couple of generations of Kansas fans to our audience. It's been fantastic. Uh, We went about five years ago. We played Comic-Con for Supernatural. Oh, cool. And got to know the guys. And two of the nicest, most unaffected, genuinely good guys. (laughs) And we struck up a, a good friendship. And they actually wrote the final episode for us. That's so and cool. And they constructed a, a, a bar and a stage and all that. And then we were flying out, getting ready to fly out to Vancouver to film it. Um, we, we got the phone call, turn around, don't get on the plane because you can't get into Canada. Oh, gosh. Because of COVID. Yeah. And they had to, it, it, it never got filmed. And they finally had to rewrite, create a different ending. Oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. That would have been so but we did. <laughs> but we did, we did get to do a, one of the spinoffs from that is a show called uh, Bocker. Oh, okay. It's a spinoff of, they, they got us back for that. And we, we were playing it in Austin City Limits, that venue. And so they, they shoot that show in Austin. So they, had us there instead and that was fantastic that's really cool Uh, yeah that's such a crucial connection to make too and you mentioned earlier the three disc compilation that came out uh a couple weeks ago like about a month or so ago it was another fork in the road 50 years of kansas this is a really cool collection it's rare that a band will record re-record a track but you guys actually did that specifically for this collection right yeah we are just in as we're talking about what what can we do different yeah and Phil and I were talking, he said, well, can I tell you, is the, the song that brought us to the table. Yeah. That was the, the only song that Kirshner really liked when he signed us to our label. And so we thought, since they always want something new besides what is right, let's do a re-record of that. And plus, since things were kind of shut down, let's do it from home. Yeah. Let's see if how that process will work. So Phil went into the studio we used in Atlanta, did the drum tracks. And then the rest of us, all, like I cut all my guitar tracks right where I'm sitting now in my guitar studio. And so it was a fun project, twofold, you know, because we wanted this on the record. And then looking at the future, can we do this? Yeah. You know, can we record in this fashion? And it was so much fun to coordinate it in that fashion. So that's what we did. And so we we wanted to bookend the 50 years by the first song that got us here, but with the a modern version of it. That's cool. That's kind of like what Chicago was doing during the pandemic too. And they did something similar when they re-released 25 or 6 to 4. And they kind of modernized it for the time too. And I think it's great. I think the song, the new version is just as strong as the original version. Uh, We were talking, I was actually talking with Meatball about this too, about your other project, uh, Native Window. I was curious if you're going to be doing anything uh, with that in the future after after the tour or anything, or if that was just kind of a one-off. That was a one-off, and really that was just born out of utter frustration. Yeah. Um, after we did an album in 2000, and Kerry Livgren, who was not in the band anymore, but he had a bunch of material, and he has a studio back in Kansas, and he said, oh, but he does that if we just did another Kansas album here at my studio. I've got a <laughs> bunch of material. And so we said, sure, that sounds great. Uh, we weren't that busy at the time. That was kind of before classic rock was on the rebound. Yeah. And and we did that. But since then, he has voiced an 
he does not want to write any more material for Kansas. And, you know, hopefully one day he might change his mind. But yeah. And Steve Walsh also has said, I didn't I don't want to write any more material. So for 16 years, we, we didn't get to record really anything, although we did an album with the London Symphony Orchestra. Sure. But that was uh, just a way of reinventing ourselves and gave us an opportunity to play with symphonies around the country. But it wasn't until Steve Walsh retired that all of a sudden, you know, with Ronnie Platt, and things changed. It's like, hey, guys, what do you think about recording? Sure, why not? Yeah. Also, it was, you know, what do you think? Steve's, Steve had been losing his voice for a while, and there were certain songs he wouldn't sing anymore. It was just too hard for him. So... Suddenly, the whole catalog was wide open. Let's. What about this song? Sure, let's do that. And we found a new freedom within the new organization. Gotcha. And so uh, now we're recording. Now we're playing uh, uh, any song in the catalog that we want to. Yeah. So things just changed a lot after that and revitalized us completely. My last, this last eight years have been, especially the last three or four, have been the best in my career. That's great. Man, I love hearing that. Well, dude, this is going to be an excellent tour. Uh, they're going to be in town in Michigan, June 17th, Fisher Theater in Detroit for the 50th anniversary. Rich Williams, good luck to you guys. Yeah, I hope you guys have a great tour, and thanks so much for hanging out with us today, dude. Great. Thank you so much, Mark. Live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 and on demand in the Rocker app. It's the best of the Rocker Morning Show on 1077 RKR.